Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. I just want to transition with a, just a, a thank you from my family and I. Uh, for some of you who are call our church home and some of you are new and don't know, uh, my father passed away last Monday. And uh, it was super sad, but at the same time, you guys allowed me to mourn. Uh, we brought in a guest speaker last week. I got to cancel all of my uh, appointments last Sunday. Not, not like I didn't have a job, but I, I didn't really do anything. And I just want to say thank you for letting me mourn. Uh, but the good news is, uh, for those of you that don't know, my, my father received Christ in this church at 81. Uh, it's powerful because he didn't want me to start this church and it's crazy because this is the kind of church that turns atheists into believers. Come on. Haters into celebrators. And if you're new, let me tell you, God's going to do that to you. He's coming for you. And uh, why did that happen? Uh, we tried to explain that with some, some fun and games called Secret Sauce. You should have got one of these jars on the way in. And if you look at the ingredients, it is the heart of this collection of talk. Uh, there really, there are four ingredients that just make this church, I believe, the walk with Christ amazing. Number one, it's salvation. Number two, it's water baptism. These are things that you're called to do as believers. But there's a third one, third ingredient that many churches don't talk about. It's spirit baptism. And the fourth ingredient is tongues. And for the next three weeks, I'm telling you, you do not want to miss any of the next three weeks. It's going to be amazing. It will change your life and your walk with God. And if you see the text on the screen, someone shout amen. Amen. We're going to begin with 1 Corinthians 12. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that you were pagans. My translation says Laker fans. You were were pagans somehow or other. You were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. Someone say gifts. That's the word charisma. But the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation, someone say manifestation Manifestation. of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the, the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I want to speak to you around this idea when God manifests. That's a TikTok term, by the way. When God manifests, I'm going there. Turn to the neighbor and say, he's going there. Turn to the neighbor that you abandoned and forsaken church and say, he's going there. Let's pray before we begin. God, thank you so much, Lord, for the, the dream team that prepared this room. Thank God for the games that we have. That church isn't a thing that we have to endure. It can be fun, God, that we can learn about you and have a good time. God, thank you so much for today that your presence is here filling this place. God, we may we never be the same. God, change us from the inside out. God, we, want, we walked in one way. We want to walk out another because of you. We honor you. We praise you. And if you believe it, everybody said. Come on, everybody said. 
Can we just give God a shout? Come on. Uh, the year was uh, 2006, and an Australian TV producer by the name of uh, Rhonda Byron wrote a book, her very first book, and critics laughed at it, saying it was a joke, this is stupid. And just to give you perspective, this was one of the most successful books of all time. To give you an idea of what publishers call successful, less than one in 10,000 books that's written ever sells more than 5,000 copies. So if your book sells 5,001, that's called extremely successful. To be on the national bestseller, you only need to sell 200,000. This book sold 30 million copies. The name of the book, The Secret. The central premise, think good thoughts and good things will happen. The main premise of this book is that you can manifest whatever you want. You can manifest your dreams. You can manifest your desires. You can manifest your destiny. You want good vibes? You can manifest that too. And even though that book was written two decades ago, it is re being reborn on social media today. On TikTok, teenagers are sharing stories of how they are scripting or repeatedly writing down a wish which caused a crush to finally text them back. That's manifesting. On YouTube, vloggers lead tutorials on how to properly manifest your dreams to riches. One blogger who's 26 years old, doesn't have a college education, is charging $100 a month. 2,000 people are paying this on how to become rich. Let me tell you, just do what she's doing, okay? <laughs> on Instagram, someone will write, $20,000 will soon land on your hands. If you like this picture and write, comment yes. On Twitter, people are attempting to manifest the release of the new Lord album. And my favorite literally happened last week on TMZ. Megan Fox talked about her boyfriend, or I think her blood fiance, Machine Gun Kelly. She says, and I quote, he's literally my exact physical type that I've been manifesting since the age of four. I'm also four years older than him, so I think I made it. This is her quote, by the way. My thoughts and intentions grew him into the person that he is. Who knows what he would have been if it wasn't for me. Now, if you're anything like me and you read this, you quoted the great theologian Justin Bieber, immediately no. I've seen what I've needed to see, immediately no. Right? We can laugh about these things and think, oh my gosh, there's no way Christians do these things. Unfortunately, I just went on hashtags on Instagram and a lot of Instagram bloggers are pushing this just Speak everything, anything you want into existence. You're God. You, you have the power to do it. And it's crazy that even my, my brother-in-law in college, we have this long-running joke about his roommate at the time. This is back in 2004. His roommate was always falling short of finances every month. Didn't have enough money for rent. Didn't have enough money for groceries. And you'd think the guy has 30 days to pay rent. He'd go get a job. But he didn't. Instead, true story, he'd go into his room. He locked the door behind him every day for two hours. He'd turn on worship music like, like the neighbors could hear this. And then he'd shout for two straight hours. And we say this all the time. Money cometh to me. And every Christmas, my brother-in-law and I, we, we say this. Christmas cometh to me. It's crazy. And we can sit here and laugh but. It's a real thing that people believe that if you say the right things, if you think the right things, if you just behave the right way, you can manifest anything you want. Let me just pop that bubble real quick. You are not God, 
okay? You cannot just determine whatever you want. The, the difference between manifesting and Christianity, listen, manifesting is you're replacing God with yourself. You're replacing prayer with manifesting. Instead of trusting and having faith in God, you're trusting your works and your efforts. It is antithesis to the gospel. Because the gospel says, I, I don't have enough strength to accomplish it, God. I'm weak. I need your strength. With manifesting, you hit that same cliff, but then you look inward saying, I have the power. I have the power. But this sermon is not about manifesting. This sermon is really just not really critiquing the motives of manifesting, but really the methods. Because often when you look at people who are trying to manifest something, it's a, it's a, a career they want to launch. It's a book they want to write. It's a business they've always been longing to be a part of or to launch, and they're afraid. They don't know if they have the skills, and so they're trying to like almost speak it into existence. So I don't want to really, really critique the motives. I want to speak it to the methods, and I wrote down like this. It's on the screen. You don't need to manifest because God wants to give you a manifestation. Someone say manifestation, manifestation of his spirit. Where your strength ends is where the power of God begins. One of the number one questions that my wife and I get asked when people want to, like, they're on the fence with joining our church, you don't want to hear it in their language, like, what kind of church is this? You guys Baptist, you guys Reformed, you Lutheran, you Assemblies of God, you Nazarene, Reformed, Presbyterian. I can go through the whole list, right? It's like, the language that my wife and I love to use is because we believe it's the most biblical. It's charismatic. Someone say charismatic. Now, some of you have never heard that term, and some of you, you don't like charismatic church, and your butt just went, mm? <laughs> Let me just define what this word is so that no one can freak out. It's on the screen. Define charisma. It's the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any. Someone say any. any. Everyone has access to this. This is the secret sauce that you don't even know that you have of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. So when you look at the word charisma, it's actually two Greek words. The first word is charis, which means grace. It's the unmerited, undeserved, favor, love, blessing of God. I remember this is a pastor of mine. Of, he wanted to name his daughter Charis. And all of his friends were like, dude, don't name your daughter Charis. Super offended. He's like, why? I'm like, bro, your last name is Maddox. So she's going to be charismatics. It's a dad joke. Forgive me. I don't have a lot of them. But the second half of that Greek word is, is the word gift. So literally, when I say we're charismatic, I'm just saying we believe in grace gifts. And me just saying that, some of you are afraid. You're afraid of gifts? Christmas must suck for you, bro. Come on. And often, this whole collection of talks is really around removing the misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, demystifying him. If I can say it another way, you don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And Paul speaks into this. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love that he doesn't say stupid. Because in stupid, you know what to do, but you don't do it. Ignorant means you don't know. It's okay not to know who the Holy Spirit is. It's okay not to know what the power is. That's why he's, he's writing this letter. The Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. Amen? Yeah. And he wants us to be knowledgeable about who he is. You don't need to go manifesting. You need to write your, your future boyfriend's name 20,000 times on a piece of paper trying to speak that thing to existence. There's a God in heaven who knows that desire and wants to fulfill it. Do you know the power that's available? Come on. And I love that this, 
if you go put the verse back up, so now it says, now concerning spiritual. Someone say spiritual. spiritual. This word is the Greek word pneumaticos. Pneumaticos. It's defined like this, empowered by breath or wind. It's the next slide, maybe. If not, it's okay. Empowered by breath or wind. Some of you who work in mechanic shops, some of you in construction, you know there, there are pneumatic drills or pneumatic nail guns. They are empowered by wind. What is the Spirit of God saying? He's saying this. Now concerning gifts that you can move in, that are available to you, only if you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on you. See, when you manifest your coming to the end of your strength, the end of your abilities, the end of your money, the intelligence, looks, you don't have the power. So you're trying to speak it into existence. Christians are the exact same cliff. But we're saying, God, breathe on me. God, I can't, but you can. God, I don't have the strength or the power, but you do. And so often, listen, every person in this room who is a believer in Christ, listen, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit, which means by definition, you're a charismatic, even if you're a Baptist. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> and it, Paul continues, I'm going to show you this verse in, in 1 Corinthians 12. These are the gifts of the Father. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Trinitarian, in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans chapter 12, these are the gifts of the Father. These are motivational gifts. Go read it. Please learn about this. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, these are gifts that Jesus gives. In Romans chapter 12, the Father gives them. In Ephesians 4, these are the gifts of the Son. And what we're going to talk about today are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given. In the, in the, in the Greek, each one, I read it in English, it means each one. That means every single one of you have access to these gifts. It's not the pastors. It's not those that are in seminary. It's not those that are super spiritual. They are not allowed to be used by those who are Laker fans, but that's another verse. And in verse Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but to one... And the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. I wrote it down like this, because I need you to understand this. These gifts are not permanent in you. They manifest. They manifest. It means if you come into a worship experience, and you don't have the gift of faith, if you don't have the gift of knowledge, you can say, Holy Spirit, I don't have it. I don't, have the, I don't have the strength. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the power to get through the situation. Would you fill me with supernatural faith so I can get through this? And God will give you that gift. Why? Because it manifests. It's not permanent. No one has these nine gifts. I hear people all the time, oh, I have the gift of wisdom. No, you don't, bro. Stop lying. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has these gifts. And when you surrender yourself to him, he'll fill you with power. That's why you don't need to manifest. He wants to give you a manifestation. Normally when I preach, I got three points. Today I got nine, so keep up with me. But I need you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. And I put them in three categories. The first category is discerning gifts. Someone say discerning gifts. The first gift is the word of knowledge. 
A word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. My favorite story of a word of knowledge is in John chapter 4. Jesus is traveling from city to city, traveling, sharing the gospel. And this is 2,000 years ago. He didn't have a taxi. There were no ride-sharing apps. Bro walked from city to city. And it wasn't like the nice weather like in California. This is the Middle East, 110. It's hot. There's no 7-Eleven where you can get a Slurpee when you're hot. You had to go to the city well to get water. And if they didn't have a bucket, you had to wait until someone brought one. And Jesus goes to the city of Samaria and is chilling like a villain, waiting. And this woman comes up and says, can I get some water, ma'am? She goes, do you know who I am? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't talk. He goes, Shorty, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd be asking me for some water. And she says, I want this water that you're talking about. She's like, okay, go get your husband and come back and I'll give you that water. And she goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, that's right, you've been married five times. It's the first time they've met. He says, you've been married five times, you've been divorced five times, and now the man you're shacking up with and doing Jewish Netflix and chill, he ain't your husband. (laughs) How did Jesus know? Your answer determines your life. Is it God, or did the Holy Spirit give him a word of wisdom or knowledge? See, people say, oh, he's, he's fully God! Yeah, but Philippians 2 says he put aside his divinity. He walked fully as God, but fully as man. He walked into the situation. Jesus physically did not know who that woman was, but the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Would you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit giving you a word of knowledge that you didn't have? Should I become business partners with this guy? You don't know, but the Holy Spirit does. This is when you humble yourself. He'll lead and guide you. Uh, We had this situation in our church uh, you know, back in 2010, uh, where we were not going on mission trips. And it just burdened me that we need to go as a church to the different countries that are very unchurched. And so I planned a mission trip to Turkey, just wanting to reach refugees in Turkey. Took three of my buddies, and uh, we, we only took literally like $2,000, and we ended up giving most of it away. And all we did was go from city to city, and we'd host these big dinner parties, and then we'd give people... Uh, meals, and then share the gospel with them. And the very first day that we were in, in Ankara, we, we invited 10 or 12, 15 people into this home. We started doing this interactive Bible study, and then we began to take these couples, these families, and we'd take them to the back room. We'd give them like $100 worth of groceries, and then we'd just kind of lay hands on them and pray. And to this day, I still cannot believe these words came out of my mouth. Uh, there was this husband and wife, and they are probably in their late 20s, early 30s, and I spoke I looked at this woman and just met her. I said, you want to have a baby, and you can't. And God has heard your cry, and he wants to answer that prayer. And my two friends turned their head like, what did you just say, bro? And her face is like white. Her mouth is open, and she's like hitting her husband. Like, what did you tell him? He's like, I I didn't tell anything. And she's like trying to figure out how I knew. The Holy Spirit, I didn't learn this from knowledge. The Spirit of God gave it to me. Would you be open to the Spirit of God speaking to you? Would you be open to God giving you a word of knowledge about your life? You better humble yourself. Say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Second gift of the, of the Spirit, word of wisdom. It's a divine answer or solution for a particular event. My favorite story of this is in John chapter 9. There's this man born blind. He's 38 years old, has never seen the glory of the warriors. This man, it, every day, sits down on the ground, begging for money, and Jesus shows up. It's a really weird story. He spits on the ground, 
makes Jesus holy mud and then puts it on the dude's eyes. He says, go wash your face in the well. The dude goes to the well, washes his face, and can see for the very first time. And the Pharisees, who are very jealous of Jesus and his influence, are like, how, how, who healed you? He's like, this dude, wh- where is he from? They're trying to understand who Jesus is to not only arrest Jesus, but arrest this man. And this man says something so powerful. He says this. He says, if since the beginning of time, no one has opened up the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And with that one answer, that word of wisdom, all the Pharisees shut down. Don't you want a word of wisdom on whether you should go to this school or that school? An answer for an event? Should I, should I take this job in this new city? Sometimes you can't see around the corner, but the Spirit of God can. Uh, when we started this church in 2017, it literally began with eight people on a couch. And six of those eight have moved to Texas. We're going to have a campus there one day because so many people are moving. <laughs> but but of the, there was this one couple. They were our largest givers, but at the same time, our largest complainers. And they would talk about, why are we, why, why do you preach with humor, Pastor Ali? Why do you, you know, have so much fun at church. We should be super serious. And why do you care about lost people? Let's, let's, make, let's prepare a church for the bride of Christ. Let's go for two hours. And I was like, just the way he talked, we just like lower the energy of the room and the team. It just felt like there was like a separate like dream that he had for this church. And I remember praying to God, say, God, what do you want me to do? Like, tell me what to do with this guy. He's our biggest giver. If we lose him, it's going to be painful. And remember, God so clearly gave me a word of wisdom. I two visions is division. Two visions, and I went to him. He started talking about his vision he had for our church, and he literally wanted the, the stage to be in the middle of the room and all the chairs to be around. I'm like, man, that sounds like an amazing church. And I said to him, sounds like we have two visions, though. And two visions is division. And he left immediately. And what's crazy is that the very next week, we had two families join our church that gave what he stopped giving. And all the tension that was there, all the division, all the awkwardness immediately went away because God gave me a word of wisdom. See, some of you have a a, a problem in your marriage. Your friends and TMZ cannot help you with. But if you humble yourself to God, God will give you a word of wisdom on how to be united with your spouse, how to build that business. Does anybody want a manifestation of the Spirit? Come on. The third gift is of discerning gifts is discerning of spirits. I want to point that out. It's I-N-G, ing. It's discerning of spirits. It's not discernment. It's key. Because every once in a while, we have some super spiritual person, you know, they come with their like, super spiritual starter pack, like Hebrew text on their arm and super thick Bible. This is my fifth church I went to today, and I have the gift of discernment. It's like, oh, you don't read English because there's no gift of discernment in the Bible, actually. And what they're saying to me is they want to start criticizing things and just adding the label of God to it. See, discernment is a byproduct of intimacy. Everyone grows in discernment. It says in Romans chapter 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll know God's will. Which is basically saying, when you transform your mind with scripture, you'll grow in discernment. So everyone's going to grow in discernment. No one has that gift. This is discerning of spirits. Do you want to know when an enemy is coming after your marriage? For those of you that that have heard this story before, let me repeat it for those that are new. When we started the church in 2017, I had four Muslims 
knew my name, who I'd never met before in my life. They knew my address, and they knew the names of my wife and my children. And they came to my house to intimidate me. That same week, my daughter developed a tumor on her hand. That's spiritual warfare. It's not like a dude with a pitchfork with a red suit. That's cartoon stuff. It's opposition to the gospel. And for four years, this demonic spirit has been trying to get me to quit. A month ago, I woke up. And the Spirit of God said, the opposition hasn't stopped, Ali, but it's shifted. He wants your daughter. And for half an hour at one in the morning, my wife and I, we prayed for my daughter Zoe, who's three years old in kids' church right now. I wish my wife was here, but she's sick at home. Every night for the next two weeks, my daughter would wake up screaming that someone wants to get her. It was a demon. Don't you want to know when a demon's coming after your marriage? Don't you want to know when he's coming after your business, after your friendships? It's called discerning of spirits. Sometimes there's conflict, and you don't know why. The Spirit of God wants to tell you why. Second category gifts, the declarative gifts. Someone say declarative. declarative. These are the ones that come out of your tongue. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Let me just pause right now. These gifts are the most controversial in the body of Christ. Churches split over these gifts denominations split over these gifts. And I'm only going to give it 10 minutes because I'm spending two weeks from now I'm talking about all three. First one is prophecy. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. And let me define for you how the Bible defines prophecy. Prophecy is the one who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Notice how it does not say correction. Every once in a while, I get someone come up to me like, oh, Pastor Allen, I have the gift of prophecy. And they just go criticizing and tearing down everything in, that they see about our church. And what they're really doing is they're trying to say, thus saith the Lord, when in every example in the New Testament, prophecy is about building up, not tearing down. It's crazy. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. For you can all prophesy. Let me just pause right there. For those of you that went to public school with me, all means all of us in this room. All of us, if we humble ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, would you breathe on me? You can encourage your spouse. You can encourage your parents. You can encourage a coworker. They don't even need to be Christian. It's, a, it's, a, it's the gift of encouragement, of building of the, the other up. For, the pro, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and be, there's that word again, encouraged. It doesn't say so that you can tear them down. But the phrase that I want to show you right here is, it says that all may learn. See, I wrote down like this. Prophecy has to be learned and trained in. You don't just operate in this gift. And some of us have experienced what I call parking lot prophecies. Instead of going to your pastor to get confirmation, they say, oh, God told me this. Bro, was that pizza or was that God? And I think some of us experienced that. I experienced that at my last church. There was this woman who was much older than me in age and loved the fact that I would be at church every single week, setting up, tearing down. I'd preach once a month. And around the, the marriage of her daughter, she got very bold in telling me, she's like, Allie, you know, I know you're single, but God told me. God told me who you're going to marry, but I'm not going to tell you. I was like, okay. And I just started like asking her questions about this person. And she eventually applied. Who she was implying, let me just tell you, was not Pastor Yaz. Did she have a demon? No. She genuinely loved me. She listened. She genuinely went to prayer for me. But prophecy is a learned skill. 
You got to get better at it. You got to get to grow in that gift. Sometimes you're not right. Sometimes it is the pizza. Sometimes it is your flesh. This is why when, you, when someone gives you a word of prophecy, you got to go to God in prayer and say, God, is this from you or from him? And you don't throw out the gift because it makes you uncomfortable. You keep the baby, but throw out the bathwater. You eat the meat, but you spare out the bones. The second gift that are declarative, the gift of tongues. This one has divided churches. This is a message from God. Someone say, from God. In a language unknown. This is so important. This is the gift of tongues in the corporate setting from God. It's coming down. There is another gift that I'm going to talk about in two weeks that's done in private. That's not coming down. It's going up. Tongues. God wants to tell us something in in this gift. Your private prayer language is you telling God something. Not everyone operates in this gift. In the personal one, everyone has access to that private prayer language. This gift, though, I can just tell you, it, it is the, the, an unknown language to a person through whom the message comes. And uh, I remember when there was this lady, our first year of our church, she's like, what kind of church are you? I'm like, we're charismatic. She's like, you believe? And she had this Russian accent. Tongues? Tongues? I was like, yes, we, we believe in tongues. And she, she's like, can I pray in tongues? I'm like, man, you got to do it in private, though. She's like, why? Why would you stop me? Like, so upset. I'm like, man, 1 Corinthians 14 says that when you gather in a community of faith, that you should not pray in tongues because unbelievers are going to come in thinking you're crazy or drunk or high. We, this is a church for unchurched people. This is a church not just where you can grow in your faith, but you can explore your faith. She didn't understand. She, she refused to obey and eventually left. We have order here. Listen, if you come to a prayer night, if you come to a team night or a worship night, you will hear us yabba-dabba-doing in the name of Jesus. I hope that makes you laugh because that gift is real. Let me tell you how important that gift is because God had rebuked me in the last, studying for the sermon. In 2018, we saw in this church 60 people get saved. In 2019, we went from one service to two, running 200 people at the Hotel Valencia. We saw 71 people get saved. An online church, 67. Last year, though, was a punch to my stomach. I I couldn't hang. We saw 24 people come to faith last year. A lot has to do with we're at 5 o'clock in an old building. It's hotter than your mom in here. Come on, it's hot. It's hot. And I remember God rebuking me, saying, why are you trying to manifest growth, Allie? You put all your energy in Instagram. You put all your energy in mailers. You stop praying for me. Wow. See, manifesting is not what weird people do online. It's what Christians do when we stop relying on the power of God. He says, I gave you a prayer language to edify yourself so that when you preach your words, which are average, can be anointed. So in January, at the end of the month, Every time I preached, I would, I would pray in tongues for a minute, for every m- minute I preached. Last year, we saw 24 people get saved. We're in May, bro. We've already seen 45. We're, let me tell you how significant that is. We're on pace to see more people get saved at 5 o'clock in this hot room than we saw two servers at the Hotel Valencia. That's the power of God. You need this power. They won't want the power of God in their life. Come on. Don't throw it out because it makes you uncomfortable. Third gift, interpretation of tongues. 
is understanding and expressing the thought or intent of a message. This is different. You got to understand, this is not translation of tongues. This is interpretation. The UN has, in, has translators. You ever see a video of the UN? There's like 100 people in a room, all standing in front of a flag, and they all have headphones on. And there's one dude talking, and every language is translating to that person. Because that guy says, I don't like you. You don't want him to say, like, I don't really know if I, we're friends, bro. You want him to say, word for word, I don't like you. There are times where you need translation. Listen, there are times where you need interpretation. This is not translation of tongues. It's interpretation. Let me tell you all that's so important. Uh, back in 2008 or 9, our previous church, we would go to Mexico every year. And we just blessed this, this little church in Mexicali, Mexico. We'd invite all the kids in the neighborhood to this vacation Bible school for a week. At the end of the week, the pastors, out of gratitude, would cook us a meal, even though we were cooking them and blessing them all week. So they would, these are like poor pastors. They would buy chicken and rice for 30, 40 people. This is like a month of their salary. Imagine you spending a month of your salary on a meal. And then at the end of this meal, they, they saw me eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches in the corner. <laughs> Not because I didn't like the chicken. Because I'm addicted to peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and we didn't have a good translator that day. There was a girl who had taken... Spanish five years ago in high school for two years. She was our translator. I'm using quotes, by the way. And I'm like, tell the pastor who looks like he's going to murder me that I love the chicken, that I, I only had the peanut butter jelly sandwich because I'm still hungry. And I, I, I see her walk over and explain. The, I'm telling you, the pastors, their arms were crossed. They were mean. They were upset. I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are going to hate me. i got to bring a real... Tr-. So the next day, we came back to that same church. I brought a, a real translator. I said, I need you to translate word for word what I'm telling you so you can go tell this pastor so she won't kill me. And after the translator, the pastor comes up to me and hugs me and says, oh, I'm so sorry. She totally... Un-. Sometimes you need translation. This is not that. This is interpretation. Sometimes you'll hear someone pray in tongues out loud in a gathering for like 30 seconds, and someone will interpret what that means for like five minutes. You're like, bro, those don't line up. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the length of the message, but more to do with the interpretation of the message. Let me give you an example. Every morning, my wife and I do this thing. How, was, how did you sleep last night? What can I pray for you today? At the end of the day, I say, honey, how was your day? She asked me the same question I asked her. When she asked me, I, I usually answer one of three words. Fine, good, it was Okay. When you ask Pastor Yaz that same question, bro, you need coffee, you need to sit down. My day started at 2.30 when the, my daughter had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't fall back asleep. Then I was thinking about Wednesday, I have to go here. You still haven't put that thing on the calendar. What are we going to do for my birthday next year? Where are we going on vacation? Oh my gosh, the car is dirty. All I asked was, how was your day? Her interpretation, listen, is very long. And mine is very, that's how this gift works. Don't judge it by its length. Judge it by its who's sending it. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. I wish all of you spoke in tongues. Just pause right there. That's not Paul, the apostle, writing that. That's God saying that to you. Challenging you. I wish you spoke in tongues. You say, oh, well, Paul wrote that. All scripture is God-breathed. God told Paul to write that. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For the one who prophesies is greater 
that the one who speaks in tongues, sometimes you get in little church circles, like, oh, tongues is less, prophecy is the greater. Bro, go to English class. Look at the next sentence. Unless he indeed interprets. What's he saying? Prophecy is the same as tongues when there's interpretation. You ever go to a store and they go, buy one, get one 50% off? And then if you look at the fine print, if you buy two, you get two 50% off? Like, oh my gosh, it's the same thing. You don't have to like leave the store and come back. This is that. Prophecy is the same as tongues when there's interpretation. What's Paul saying? He said like this. He's like, I wish all of you would pray in tongues. I wish all of you would prophesy. Why? Because it encourages you. Why do you need encouragement? Because you're discouraged. You don't have hope. You don't believe your marriage is going to make through. You don't think your business is going to make it. Sometimes you can't see the hope, the dawn coming. You need encouragement. And then comes the, the power gifts. The power gifts. These are what are called the dynamic gifts. Dynamic gifts. And there are three dynamic gifts. Thanks for keeping up with me. Three more gifts. The first one is faith. Someone say faith. Is the supernatural impartation and belief and confidence for a specific solution. Why is this power? Why does God, I already have faith. I believe Jesus died for him on a cross. I believe he's good. I believe there's going to be eternal salvation one day. There's going to be a resurrection of the dead. This is not that faith. This is not general faith. This is power faith. It's the same word that's used in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That you shall receive power. Someone say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. God, that word power is the Greek word dunamos. It's the root word for dynamite. God wants to give you explosive power to become a witness for him. And why, why do we need this faith? There, are, there will be times, listen, you don't believe with what you see with your eyes, your marriage is going to make it. You won't see with your eyes your kid walking with God the way that you do. You will be in a hospital and you won't have faith to believe that God can bring that person out of the hospital. Sometimes when you don't believe you can make it, you need supernatural, powerful. Would it be okay if God gave you faith if you didn't have it? You don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He wants to empower you when you can't. The world comes to the cliff and they manifest. Christians come to the same cliff and say, Jesus, would you manifest the Holy Spirit? Would you come and give me what I don't have? Give me the faith. Give me the wisdom. Give me the word of knowledge. Give me the power to move forward another day in this marriage when I looks dead and it gives you faith. If I can raise my dead son, I can raise your dead marriage. Don't you need this? Come on, give the Holy Spirit a clap for a second. Two more. Gifts of healing. Gifts of, notice it's gifts, plural. Healings, plural. They're both plural. My sister went to a school called Oral Roberts University. It's a school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, invented and created by a guy named Oral Roberts. He was America's greatest healing evangelist. There's a lot. If you Google his name, you'll hear all these stories of like some good, some bad. I don't want to get into the controversy. I do want to talk about the why this man created that school. Because in 1940, he, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And at that time, there was no vaccine for tuberculosis. It was a death sentence. 
means if you got it, you died. He was the first person healed in America of tuberculosis. At the age of 17, on his deathbed, he had weeks to live. His parents drove him to a church. He's lying in the backseat of the car. He's saying, God, if you're real, would you please heal me? And look what God, I'm going to write down it. The Lord said to him, I'm going to heal you tonight. But I want you to take my message of healing to the world. And I want you to start a university where young people can be trained in a Christian atmosphere. Most of the people I talk to that, oh, I don't believe in healing. They have that position until they get sick. Until their spouse gets sick. Until a loved one gets sick. It's easy to have that kind of theology that God doesn't heal. But once you get sick, it challenges you. God, I need you to heal me. God, I need gifts of healing. And this is not the gift where you walk around in hospitals like praying for people. This gift is not for you to pray for others. This gift is for God to pray over you and heal you because you don't possess this gift. The Holy Spirit does. Any sick people that need God to heal them, you can come and say, Holy Spirit, manifest in my life. I need gifts of healing. I need gifts of healing. Last gift, workings of miracles. It's the divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. I just want to show hands. If you've ever experienced a real miracle in your life, just show it up. Come on, put it up. Just look around. You know, we live in a culture that says miracles are gone, which is crazy because we, we believe in a miracle working God. He, miracles are, are not what he does, it's who he is. When he gets up in the morning, he says, let there be coffee, and there's coffee. He did miracles in the Old Testament. He did miracles in the New Testament. And the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He hasn't stopped doing miracles. In fact, if you want to get really technical, the Bible says that, that God does not make bad people good. He makes dead people come alive. That means if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a walking miracle. You are a walking miracle. And this gift is not just that the pastor has to pray for you. God wants to fill you with his spirit so that you can do this. Uh, one of our staff members, Daylin, she's in the back. She, she does all of our production. Uh, a couple months ago, one of her cousins gave birth to this little girl who had this basically incurable disease and was about to pass away. And the family did not call Pastor Yaz and I to come to the hospital. They called Daylin and her family to come. Daily and the family went to the hospital and with faith, they prayed for a miracle. And this little girl's alive. And the next day, listen, the doctor says, that baby should have died. It's a miracle. Listen, he wants to give a manifestation of the Spirit so that everyone can benefit. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. Every week we end with some prayer. God, what are you saying to me? God, what do you, what do you want me to do differently after this week? I believe God speaks differently in different ways. What is he speaking to you about this message? How does your prayer life need to change? How does your walk with God need to change? Maybe if you're honest with God today, you'd say, you know, Pastor Ali, sometimes I do manifest. 
I go, oh, I want this, I want that. And I'm expecting to speak that thing into existence. I want to come to God the Father and pray that he would give me those things. I'm not God, he is. There are others of you in this room, you, you need wisdom. You need direction in life. Should I marry this person or that person? And it's easy to go to horoscopes. It's easy to go to friends and family. But there's a God in heaven who wants to speak to you, wants to give you that wisdom. Some of you are silently suffering with a physical ailment. You need a miracle. You need to be healed. And these gifts are still available today. You don't need to go to a holy land or know a holy person. Jesus already left heaven and lived a sinless, perfect life and died so he can give you access. Jesus did not just die as our substitute. He lived as our example. What's your next step? What's the Spirit of God saying to you? There's power available. Not to be weird, but to look like Jesus. To be light in a dark situation. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to help you. He knows you don't have the power, so he wants to supply it himself. He knows you don't have the wisdom, so he wants to give it to you freely. For some of you, I need to not just talk about the power, I need to talk about the person. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the living God. And this God came to earth to die as a substitute for our sins. We're not good people. We're forgiven people. And we have placed our faith in the sinless Savior who died on a cross for our sins. We don't do good things to get to heaven. We don't read a book to go to heaven. We don't go to church every week to go to heaven. We place our faith in Jesus. And this God named Jesus wants a relationship with you. That's you tonight, with every eye closed and every head bowed. And you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. You want to just count to three and you just raise your hand. It's between you and him. One, two, three. Amen. I see your hand. You can put your hand down. Just pray this prayer in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. For loving me in spite of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for paying my penalty on a cross. I believe. I believe your sacrifice is enough. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't leave me as an orphan, but you gave me the Spirit of God to adopt me, to lead me, to guide me. God, would you manifest in my life? I need direction. I need hope. I need wisdom. Everybody said. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.